Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the power of your words. Thank you because the eyes of our understanding flooded with light that we may know the hope to which we have been called, fully pleasing you in every good way. Thank you, yes, Jesus, because you make the steps of the righteous orders. We thank you for the spirit of utterance. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We thank you for the truth of your word revealed like never before. We thank you for hope for hearts that are tired. We thank you for renewed joy, faith, and fervency. We thank you because, yes, this church is an army for you. We thank you because, yes, our hearts are ready, our eyes they see, our ears they hear, our hearts perceive and we understand. Thank you because we see and we understand, we hear and we understand, we perceive with honor and we understand. Thank you because your word is applicable in our lives. Thank you because your word brings us great profits. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Have your seats, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Wildfire. Thank you so much, PD. Prayer was amazing. That one says amazing. Prayer was amazing. Wildfire was amazing. Yes or yes? Amazing. Yes. And something PD said was that um, we are not powerless believers. What he means to say, as in basically what he's saying is that all believers have power, but we make it available. Right? The effective prayer of the, man make, of the righteous man makes power available might seem it's working. Do we get? So we are all powerful, but we apply based on knowledge. And it's what you apply that is evidence, right? So he's telling us that, Pete is telling us, don't be the powerful believer that lives powerless. Be the powerful believer that lives powerfully. Good. Amazing. Nice to see you. <laughs> yes, so th- we've been learning a lot of in hymns. We've learned... In him, in him we have access was last week. In him we have redemption. Yes. There's sanctification now. Okay. What, what does sanctification actually mean? Sanctification is holiness. We are sanctified, we are holy. Right? We are holy. And I know that growing up, or maybe even now, um, a lot of us have... Um, what's the word now, appended that word, that tag, that adjective, holy, to God alone, right? Because God is holy. My father is holy. But me that is his child is not holy. doesn't make any sense. But apparently a lot of us have grown up that way because we have only learned to append that adjective to God alone. But today we are learning that we are holy, we are set apart. And what makes us holy is first a nature thing. Right, we are sinners or saints by nature, not by actions. And I would explain that as we go, but um, soft summary is that we are saved by grace through faith and prepared for the good works that the Father had prepared for us a long time ago, right? So it means that when we are saved, you know that salvation is, we're being saved not because of how many times we have offended God. We're being saved or we become saved because we know that innately the human nature is sinful. So it is the human nature that we're being saved from. And then we, once we are saved, we have God's nature. That's why we can sing the way, the way, with joy. And, you know, and when we sing, we don't feel like frauds because we have the life of God in us. And if you have the life of God in us, it means you're capable of showing the character of God. So when you, when you read the epistles, I like Ephesians a lot, mostly because... I, we agreed that we're going to read a lot of Ephesians and Colossians this month, yeah? Have we been doing that? That's not able. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll do better. This week now, you read the book. Of, if you read the book of Ephesians, my favorite thing about it is, please pay attention to the tenses and mostly the prepositions. There's a lot of in hymns, by him, through him, with him, 
before him. Right? You see a lot of that. And the prepositions give context for the how. Right? So the preposition usually gives context for the how. So we see in him we are saved. So it means that in Christ we are saved. So that answers the question of how can we be saved. That answers the question of how can we access the Father. That answers the question of um, I know other ways to God that is not Jesus. Because it's impossible. Right? You can't know. You, you can't enter the house unless you're going through the door. Right? Unless you want to build a on top however the problem here is that there is no roof there's no roof to break there's no there are no windows there are no rat holes there's only one way and that's Jesus he's the way he's the truth and he's the life he's not some way he's not one of the ways he's not a part truth right great so we're learning in this series that we can be confident and we should be confident of everything Christ has done for us, right? Because we know everything he has done for us, we can begin to live it out in our lives, right? And First Peter talks about how, and he has, he has, not he has blessed us, he has given us everything we need for a life of God. Please put it up on the screen so it's not like I'm defrauding people. First Peter 3, 4. Somebody help him with that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, do second Peter three then. If it's not first, then second. Thank you, yes, thank you. Second Peter, yes, thank you. So let's read together. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through perfect. His divine power has given us not some things, yeah? We need for a godly life through through here means that that is the way, right? That, that is the pipeline. That is the how, right? That is the how. So we know that knowledge is, uh, we've said before that the believer is called to the life of knowing, right? The more we know, the more we apply, typically so. The less we know, the less we can apply. How? Um, if you don't know that there is, if you don't know that there's a supermarket here, spa, just here, but you wanted to buy groceries, you go all the way to ICM. And it's not because you're foolish or you like to waste money. It's because you don't know, right? So we can't blame you. You just don't know that there's a supermarket here. In fact, you don't know there's net pharmacy, actually. But you're going to go all the way because you don't know. So typically, the more we know, the more we can apply. The more we can apply, the more we meditate on, the more we can produce. Joshua 1, 7, 8, and 9, God was telling Joshua, meditate upon this word day and night, that it will make your way prosperous and successful. He said, meditate upon this word day and night, so it will make your way, right? So it meant that God had told him that that was the hack for his life, right? That was the hack for being prosperous and successful. And this is why the more you know the rules, the more you can get better at applying the rules. The more you can do that, the better you can get results. Do we get? So today we're learning that we are holy. I am holy and you are holy. Right, so next time somebody calls you holy, holy. Yep, I am. Sister holy, holy. Yes, I am. What else they say? Holy Adanda. Yes, I am. Because I am holy. Why am I holy? Everything Jesus has done. Right? Good. Okay. So, you know, some recap is that, you know, in Christ we have redemption, Ephesians 1, and Ephesians 1, verse 7. Ephesians 1, verse 7. Thank you. 
Let's read together. In him we have redemption through this read Ephesians this week. And something I do in my Bible study notes. Color. I've seen my Bible study notes. You think Jola played with it? Color, circle, chaka chaka everything with plenty of colors, right? Circle this rules a lot. All the in him. So in him here you see now you know that oh it is in Christ. I have redemption. Not without him, in him. Through his blood. Reason. So in him, let's go ahead. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So we see here that we have redemption through his blood and we are forgiven. We are saved. We are forgiven. We are saved. Redemption is buying back what was once lost by the payment of a ransom. It also emphasizes the distance between the ransomed and the ones enslaved from God, right? So Jesus redeemed us by his blood. The blood, the life of a thing is in its blood. Jesus paid for sin by death and put a gap between us and the things that once enslaved us. Now who, were, who we were once far away have now been brought near to God's kingdom. And that's beautiful. It means that there is, <laughs> it means that there is no barricade. There are no distances, right? God does not see us as a, ah, yeah, it's not, um, I'm going to make a joke about internet providers, but yeah, it's not a, there's no network service in your area, right? It's not that we cannot get there. No, it's not, no service coverage, no. It is that there is no barricade, that we have been bought by the blood. We have been bought by the blood. We have been bought. So whatever separated us before Christ no longer exists. So you by yourself, don't now create separation right? And what do I mean? Don't by your own self give yourself a new label, right? And then put yourself mentally far away from God. Because funny thing is you can't even make yourself I mean, unless you denounce the faith, but you can't even separate yourself from God. It is like a, it's like it is like you're in I have a diagram on my book. It's like you're in a tree Right, and there's inside the barks, and as they peel the barks, you're somewhere hidden there because your life is hidden in Christ and Christ in God. So it's like you're inside, inside, inside. So the only way to separate yourself is to get out of the place, right, which is denouncing the faith. But even when we do things like sin or offense, right, we are not even separated from God. For what can separate us from the love of God? Not sin, not death, not even the world to come. So we cannot even be separated from God. So don't by yourself. Imagine that, okay, before I am hidden in Christ, I am hidden in another thing, another thing, another thing that's in Christ. Do we get? So don't by yourself create barricades. Don't let the enemy sell you a lie. The enemy, the enemy is happy when we don't know. Because that's his biggest advantage, that you don't know. The more you don't know, the less you buy the lie, and the less you live lesser than you should. It's basic. Do we get? So we have been forgiven completely and eternally, past, present, and future. It's amazing that everything I, would, I have done, doing, and will do is covered by the blood of Jesus. And I said the Lord Jesus deliberately. I don't mean it the way we invoke it for everything, living and dead, but I mean that the point of Jesus dying was so that we can be forgiven. And his forgiveness is once and for all. Once and for all, right? So in him we have righteousness. Galatians 2, 15 to 12. Let's read together. Okay, yes. Next verse, please. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Next verse. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. Next verse. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. Next verse. For through the law, I died to the law so that I may live for God. 
I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in Christ, I live in who loved me and gave himself for me. 21. I do not set aside, yes. Amazing. I do not set aside the, no, before I get to how foolish the Galatians are, please go back. Thank you. <laughs> I do not set aside the grace of God. What does it mean set aside the grace? To try to live outside the grace. And what does this mean here? To forget that you are saved by grace through faith, literally. Right? To then start performative actions. To start trying to earn the grace that we have received. Right? For if, by, if righteousness could be gained through the law, why did Christ die? He died for nothing. Literally. I mean, if, if I could, you know, do my tumbo tumbo and righteous, why did Jesus actually die? There was no point then. Right? I mean, he came to this world, died a gruesome death. Why? So that I can have another option. Or so that he's simply the nicer option or the better option. No, he came because there was no other option. And so is that that or nothing? If not, all of us will still be buying cattle and cows. And I've said it before. At this point in life, if we were still buying cattle and cows, there would be nothing left. So we're probably buying cockroaches now. And even the cockroaches will have like funny species. Like probably maybe the requirement would be a white and black cockroach that's not eaten for 52 days. Imagine. Ridiculous, right? So Christ became the cross of the Lord. He took on the cross, rather, so that we can be free. He became, he took up our own sins, right? And so that now we are righteous. So we see that being righteous is a position, right? We are righteous. It means that we are, it's, it's, a, it's our nature, right? It's not a place we can go in and come out of. Right? Unless we by ourselves begin to create mental barricades of going out and coming out of righteousness. But we are righteous. We will be righteous. We are always righteous. Glory. All right. So in him we have righteousness. Right? The law had an exit clause, clause and the exit clause was Christ. Romans 10 to Romans 10 4 rather. Christ is the culmination. Culmination means climax. It means he's the, the zenith, he's the apex, he's the highest, he's the everything of the everything, right, of the law, so that there may be righteousness, righteousness for everyone who believes. Let's see five. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who, do, who does these things will live by them. So we see that Christ himself satisfied the law in the sense that he became the sacrifice because before him on that law there had to be a sacrifice paid for sins to be forgiven so jesus came and became that sacrifice that's why he's the culmination of the law he satisfied the law there's no there's no more higher than him like right than him there's nothing higher so he satisfied the law completely and the exit clause of the law is a perfect sacrifice that can be sacrificed once and for all and so we died with christ and we rise, we rose because he has risen. He rose with him. So the law wasn't merely abolished. The requirements are, Christ, are satisfied in Christ. So in Christ it is finished and fulfilled, not merely abolished. Ephesians 2.15. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. Next verse, please. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Now, what this means is essentially because, okay, so if I come here now and say the command here is that everybody that climbs here has to first wear shoes. And I pray that never happens, but yeah. All of us have to wear shoes. If I come tomorrow and I say that, no, okay, no, everybody, everybody has to wear shoes. Like if you don't wear shoes, uh, I don't know, who punish you, would beat you or something. And I come tomorrow and I just wake up and say, a bird doesn't have to wear shoes, but let's not beat him. 
right? Ebrei didn't wear shoes, Ebube didn't wear shoes, Temple didn't wear shoes, but I just am not just going to punish them well, because I can. I have the right. Now, if I did this, I'm, I'm not fair, right? I'm powerful in the sense that I can make that command and break it if I like, but I'm not fair and I'm not just. So, and it means I'm arbitrary. Then I'm on the same level with your INEC government. And it's true, and on the same level with your, you know, soldiers, right? So, and your government. It means that I'm arbitrary. I can wake up, make the commands and break them. For me to be fair and just, I must satisfy the commands by the requirements. So for me to acquit the person from the offense, they must be justified. So it means that God cannot be arbitrary why he's just. So because God is just, he himself had to obey the law. So do we see that Christ did not, the reason Christ came was because God in himself could have simply made Thanos even rich God. So God had that law gone and out, right? But he couldn't have done that because that would mean he's arbitrary and it means he's unfair and he's not just. We don't want an unfair God, an unjust God, because how would you even ever please him when there are no standards and requirements, right? So he had to himself obey these standards and that's why Jesus had to die. That's why it's important that we know that Jesus died. There are many theologies from the other faiths that say that Jesus did not die on the cross. He was taken down. Now, that in itself means that God was a liar. He must have died. He, you're not sacrificed unless they born you now and you died. You are sacrificed because you were killed for, right? So he had to die. So he had to die so that sins can be finally satisfied. So now we have paid. So, so if the requirement was that before somebody has to serve a jail term of seven years, we have served the term because of Christ. In Christ, we are sanctified. We are acquitted, right? So there is nothing that can bring us back to the place of being locked under chains. Do we get? So every time, learn to remind yourself, Jesus, God is not arbitrary. He's just. And so he gives commands, standards, and requirements, and he himself fulfilled it, right? So he's the highest form of obedience we can see. He himself fulfilled the law so that we cannot question that act of righteousness. So now our righteousness is complete in Christ Jesus. Do we get glory? So yes, we are sanctified in Christ. Ephesians 1, 1. Let's go together. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Do you see he's calling the guys here um, holy, right? It was not about anything they had precisely done. It wasn't about anything they had precisely done. So we are sanctified, and this, the Greek word for this is hagios, the called out ones. We are the saints. Paul began his letters addressing all believers as holy and sanctified without reference to their conduct, yes, but to their in Christ reality. So let's see Corinthians 1, verse 2. By your name. Corinthians 1, verse 2. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians, Second Corinthians was Kalma. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians, you see that people were terrible. They were badly behaved. You know, there was a guy that, was, that, was, that had slept with his mom. Story stories like that, right? They had bad behavior. They were zealous, but they were zealous, but had no knowledge. They were just very reckless people, to be honest, right? And the first book of Corinthians is Paul reminding them to basically correcting them is full of corrections so we see that he even calls this ones holy right he even calls this ones holy so we know that our holiness is a nature thing i am holy because i am i am holy because i am right not because i do but because i am right and so hagios means properly different unlike any other we are holy, right? Because of the nature of Christ in us. 
right? So the fundamental meaning of hagios is different. Therefore, we are therefore we are God's temple and we are different from others. So we are called out. So we are set apart. We are unlike the rest, right? So you and I, as believers, as children of God, we are unlike the rest. We are not of this world, right? We are not of this world. Why? Our realities are different. Our realities are different, and we are set apart to God. So. Um, the believer is already consecrated, right? So even when we say things like, I want to, um, I want to be consecrated, or I am, must, oh, all those to be verbs, right, for consecration. Mm, I understand that you are saying that I want to leave consecrate, consecrate Jesus. Iberi. <laughs> I understand what you are saying. However, you're already consecrated. I got it. You're already consecrated because you are called out. Consecrated means you're kept. So you know how in the old days that the kings, there would be a special cup for their drink, a special drink, a special room for the king, a special robe only the king could wear. And those things were consecrated. The tabernacle, right? The Ark of the Covenant, like you could not touch these things because they were holy. That's how we are. Because now we are God's temple. So God resides in me. I am the house of God. You are the house of God. Right? So there is no greater house of God beyond me. Now wait. For those that may have heard me, I read this out of context and said, I will not go to church again. Since I am now, Orioke, uh, wait. Uh, you. Not on to wait. Yes, you are Orioke. True. All of us together, we now make the greater Orioke. So it means that I am the house of God. We all together are the house of God, right? And we come together every single time as believers for our own edification, right? So I'm the house of God, and I'm still learning how to be the house of God. So I come to the congregation of other believers where we are being made perfect in our learning as the house of God. So no, stay in your house, sleeping on the bed. As the house of God, it didn't work come to church good so yes um we are worthy of veneration right we're worthy of things so it means that we have where we have every reason to be given reverence right because we are god's temple we are god's temple we are god's temple right and we are set apart for god we are exclusively his we are owned by god Right? So we are God's properties, yes. Because he has bought us with the prayers. Right? He's our king. He's our father. He's our king. So it means he can give us orders. Right? He can give us orders. But yes, he's our king. And we are bought with a prize. With the highest of prizes. However, we are God's temple. Do we get? Okay. So we are set apart for God. Right? Um, therefore, if God declares something holy, it's not just a declaration that we can make on ourselves because God is the highest standard of what we can call holy. So only him can then label holy, just like chefs, right? All these Italian chefs, right? I mean, if they wake up and say, agege bread is perfect croissant, then bro, agege bread is perfect croissant because who are you really? <laughs> and if, I don't know what brand makes like really, really great Zobo now, but if that brand wakes up and says, just water with sugar is perfect Zobo, then yes, it is. All of us mortals will simply align, right? So if God says that we are holy, then we are holy. And only God can declare a sin holy because he is the highest form of holiness. So, right, so, you know, God declared the mountain of Horeb holy, right? When he told Moses to take off his shoes, it's because you're standing on holy ground. It was not because the place itself was holy, it was because he was there. So it is God himself that makes it holy. So it's because we carry God that we are holy. And because we are God's children that we are holy. We have his identity fully. That's why we are holy. Right? And so, let's do Ephesians 2.19. Awesome. Consequently, let's read together. You are no longer, yes, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Next verse. 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. Did we take attention, pay attention to the previous verse? We are no longer, okay, let's go back to 19. Let's go back to 19. We are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So it means that our house, our family house, is God's kingdom. Our family house, all of us, we are in the same family house, right? 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Next verse, please. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Next verse. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by spirits. Next verse. For this reason, wait. So we see that. So we see that there. He talks about how I, as a believer, am being built up to be God's temple. Then all of us are being built up to be God's temple. So I am God's temple as much as you are God's temple. However, all of us are God's temple. Do we understand? This is why it's important not to forsake the congregation of the brethren. We said. I know we may have said this thing over and over. You've heard it all your life. Don't forsake congregation of the brethren. And we like to pick nice arguments about it. However, simply the fact that if you live where you're being fed, you'll be malnourished. So it's nobody's fault when you start acting out of line simply because you're not feeding. So if you leave your storehouse, you'll be empty. Do we get? So you are the temple of God that realizes that all of us together make up the temple, right? So as, when I say responsible temples now, as temples that know that they are temples, you treat yourself like the temple of God and you realize everybody else is the temple of God because they are believers and the most importantly, you show up, right? So it is because of Christ that we are holy. First Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Next verse. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So we see that, okay, it is because of, go, next one, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us the wisdom of God that is our righteousness, holiness. So, <laughs> so basically, we see that, um, therefore as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We see that, it is in Christ Jesus. This is only because of Christ that we are. I even like, go back to 30. I think it's 30. I like the three words. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So Christ is my righteousness, right? Christ is my holiness, is my redemption, right? Because independently, I cannot even make myself righteous. I cannot redeem myself. I cannot make myself holy. So it's impossible to... That's why it makes logical sense that Paul is saying that, that no man can boast of himself. Since we cannot make ourselves righteous, then what are we boasting in, right? What do you have to boast in, right? Nothing, because you did not qualify yourself, right? God qualifies us in Christ, right? So now, because of Christ, I am righteous. Because of Christ, I am holy, I am pure, I am clean, I am... What are that words? Holy, pure, clean, spotless, um, purity white, uh, transfiguration white. My cloth is white, right? Because of Christ Jesus, right? Because of Christ Jesus. And this is why we are seated where Christ is. Because we can only sit, holy of holies, we can only sit where he is because we are like him right so we can only sit where christ is because as he is so we are awesome okay so colossians 2 11 to 12 
No, before we do that, let's do Hebrews 10, 14 to 18. Thank you. So let's read together. For by one sacrifice, this is Christ, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Next verse. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, next verse. This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put their law, my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Next verse. Awesome. Please go back to 17. Their sins and their lawless acts, I remember no more. We, when we did redemption, we know that we said that what it means to be redeemed is not a case where you offended me and, okay, I can still see everything you have done, but I'm just saying, okay, okay, you can go. In this case, our sins have been blotted out. In the Psalms, King David talks about how blessed is the man whose sins are not counted against him right? We are the man or the men. We are the person King David was talking about that we are the ones that God does not count our sins against. Does this mean we should act reckless? No way. We'll still get there. But the truth is that God does not see us and see what we have done. So it means that we must, as humans, teach our minds to move on faster. Right? I'm saying this because I know that, oh, as humans, there's you read the word now, okay, oh yeah, apply it to your life. You're still thinking about meat you stole when you were seven years old or something like that. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. However, the truth is we must teach our minds to move on faster. Why? Because at the end of the day is guilt and doesn't do anything for you. Right? Because in the beginning, I was only righteous because Christ made me righteous. Right? And when God sees me, he doesn't see anything I've done before. So you see, you still see it. That's the sad part. However, God doesn't see it. You still see it, sadly, but God doesn't see it. So I may need to still come to you and apologize, right? And, you know, try to be at peace with you and say, I'm sorry. But God has forgiven me, right? I am forgiving. It's my, like it's, my, it's my default setting in Christ. I am always forgiven in Christ. Right? I'm always forgiven in Christ. Now I now obey the part of the word that says I live in peace with all men. I don't used to go around and be fighting people. Do you get? Okay. So like Abraham showed his sanctification to God by circumcision, we have also been circumcised. The real one, not the one done by human hands, but by the spirit of God. Ephesians 2, 11 to 13. let's read together therefore remember that formerly you who are gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision which is done by body human hands yeah remember that at that time you were separate from christ excluded from the citizenship in israel and foreigners please let's stop here this is the state of the man that is out of Christ. This is the state of the man that is unsaved. When I say man, we know it's not gender, right? So we know that the man that is not in Christ is separate from Christ. Person is doomed. Separate from Christ. Person is excluded from citizenship of God's kingdom. Person is a foreigner to the covenant of the promise of the blessed man. Right? The person is without hope. And without God in this world, basically, person is dead. That's why we are now alive in Christ, because person is dead. So we will see in the next verse. Okay, let's, let's, let's go to the next verse. That's in. But now, in, please read Ephesians this week. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we know that this far away is not a barrier. Where is a barrier? It hasn't appeared. Truly now he's far away from me, right? So we know that it's not even this far away. Is that like, as in far away, as in far. As the West and the East are far away that they would never meet. Far away. That's how much that we were far from Christ. Why? Why? Because nothing could have brought us nearer to God. 
So we're completely far away. Completely far away. Nothing we could have done could have pleased God, to be honest. Because we are pleasing to God in Christ. In Christ, we are already pleasing to God. So nothing we could have done out of Christ could have made us pleasing to God. So 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Glory to God. Next verse. By setting aside in his flesh the law, in peace next verse and in one body to reconcile both of them to god through the cross which he put to death the hostility so we see that the i think it was 12 we did let's go back to 12 where we talked about how you know the unsaved man is dead he's a foreigner he's excluded because we are not this man let us not live like this man let us not live like this Let's not live like people that are separate from Christ. Let us not live like people that are excluded from citizenship in you know, God's kingdom. Let us, not live, let us not live like people that are foreigners to the covenant of God's promises. Right? Let us not live without hope and without God in this world. Because it's already not our identity. So let's not pick it up. Do we get? Okay. So it is because we've been made righteous that God now demands that we increasingly live like this. If you read the epistles a lot, then... The most beautiful thing about it is that Paul makes very daring commands and says things like, put on, now act. Because he says it, if remember that we must study the word from a place that God is good, right? We must remember, it means that when we see those things, we know that we cannot come off as, he's asking him to do the impossible. No. If we know that God is good, then it means that there's something I don't know about how this is possible, right? So when Paul tells us to put on, right, you yourself flee from, right, it is because we already have capacity in Christ, right? So Paul is not asking us to do something outrageous, though it may look like that when you are reading, but it is because we have the ability to, it's like you are the prototype, like it's like this is your prototype, like this is it begin to act like it do you get so he's like saying um you are made you're a mobile phone that's able to access the internet i don't know why you're only making calls do you get the first time you try to access the internet that way may be hard for you because you don't really know but the phone was made for it so it means the phone can do it good awesome so we are all these things in Ephesians 1 to 3 because we now live like this. And Ephesians 4 to 6, we see that the life that we're called to live is based on the knowledge of who we are, right? The more we know, the more we can produce. The more we can produce and apply, the more we see, right? So the life we're called to live is based on knowledge and revelation before responsibility, Responsibility is powered by the ability revealed through revelation, right? Okay, so let's read First Thessalonians 4, 3 to 7. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Wait, he's talking to believers though. So we know that here he's not, he's not oblivious of the fact that they are sanctified as in nature, as in defaultly, right? But here he's talking about leaving it out. So don't misread this for works. No, he's not, tell, he's not oblivious that these people I'm talking to are the sanctified in Christ. No, he says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, basically live sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Next verse, let's read together. That each of you should learn to control your body. Next verse. Next verse. No one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. Next verse. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. So we see, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that it is therefore an aberration to be holy and to live unholy. So, yes, fine, agreed. 
I am holy because of what Christ has done. Nothing I did. Great. Amazing. But it is an aberration to then choose to insult and make a mockery of that grace. Right? It is then an insult. It's literally telling God that. I don't know what you're telling him, right? But it's ridiculous. So we see that we have been given a nature, but we're also given a command to live like who we are. You know, if you bought a new dog, a Rottweiler, they're supposed to be very, very, very violent. And your Rottweiler acts like a Samoyed. So Samoyeds are very fluffy, small white dogs. They're the friendliest of the bunch. If you bought a Rottweiler that acts like a Samoyed, you'd ask questions. Are you sick? Do you have infections? Should we even, eh? It is just a sweet soup. <laughs> Without Calabar people, it's sweet soup. Because the, it's not balancing. Like, if I wanted a Samoyed, I should have bought a Samoyed. Right? I should have bought a white Palo dog if I wanted that. But I bought you to defend my house. You are entering the Palo to sit and watch TV. Your priorities are misplaced as a dog. <laughs> it should either resell you or, find, or kill you and eat food. Something, but you're not good for what you are. That's what it means, right? So it means that that dog is living be. In fact, it's not living within any purpose because I don't know. It's just eating your food and being fancy, right? So it means that that Rottweiler, that a Rottweiler, must act like a Rottweiler. Even the people come to us and say, ah, even friends, people that don't know you, you know, if you have Rottweilers, people should, people will know. They will not enter your house. Ah, there's one man that has dog. You've gone to, if you have friends that have a lot of dogs, before you get to the house, they start barking. You have no, you're wondering, are they, do they know I'm coming? They know, because they're that sensitive. And they are waiting for you. They start barking, and God helps you. They don't like you. Aya. Aya, aya. It's the owner. You know how you now call the person, I'm at your gate, too. She, even from the bus, I'm at your bus stop. You come out and pick me. Then when the owner comes, you didn't to be hiding at the back. And just say, ah, this thing wants to do in your house because it's outside. It's not that deep. Because, you know, the person has dogs that know that they are dogs. But if you say a Samoyed, Samoyeds are very friendly, right? So a Samoyed is not backing. That one can even warm up to you. <laughs> that one can even warm up to you without knowing you too much because they are warm and fuzzy. So if you saw your Rottweiler act like a Samoyed, maybe it's sick or something. But that's not how it was supposed to be. That's demonic spirit. <laughs> it's true now. So essentially, we are not dogs, right? But that Rottweiler must act like a Rottweiler. Also, if your Samoyed was acting like a Rottweiler, that's an issue. Because imagine a Samoyed is very fluffy. It's like, oh, ah. <laughs> it would exorcism because why not? It's possessed. You start asking questions like, ah. <laughs> Maybe this dog has gone to where they are smoking on the road or has inhaled something. So point is, we must act like it. We went somewhere yesterday and um, Oita was carrying a baby and she said something funny and said, the baby should say, the baby's name is Ronke. She said, say, I am Ronke or something like that. And Joanna was like, if this baby says Ronke, you're not Ron. Because <laughs> really, if this baby talks, I will run. This is a baby that cannot even say anything. I want them to say Ronke. So essentially, right, we are of a certain kind that must act in a certain way. Do we see? I am holy. It is an aberration to not live like that. So when God makes demands on us as holy people, it's not because he's wicked. It's because I don't want you to live beyond optimum, right? And I'm not calling you to act beyond what you can do. I'm not asking Ronke to call her name. A baby that is less than one year old. I'm not doing that. Because not what God is doing with us. He's also not trying to make us live lesser. He's because, it is because he has given us capacity, right? And we must learn, right? So we are sanctified. We can therefore live the sanctified life. So we see that God is not asking the unbelieving person, the unsaved man to live sanctified. It's impossible for him. He can't do it, right? Why? His nature... He can be moralistic, but he's not saved, right? His nature cannot allow him to produce good works. Now, we that are now able to create good works, it's sad if we are not doing those things. Do we get If we're not living holy, if we're not, like PD said something brilliant today, during, I think it was during a yeah, workers' meeting about hating lawlessness, right? That we must get to the point where we simply hate sin. Where we simply hate sin. 
Because like he said, loving God may not always be enough. But when we get to a place where we simply hate it, because like, ah, I can't be found doing this. It's not, it's, not, it's not who I am. Right? So being sanctified is because, be, rather acting like we're sanctified is because we now can. Right? It's now because we can. Right? Um, so the wrath of God is not for the believer, but for the unsaved. However, we should not act like the wicked men. Right? Why? Because um, wickedness and sinfulness really breaks the hedge of protection. They break, yeah, around us. So it's not like the enemy still cannot harm you, to be honest, because you are hidden in Christ and Christ in God. But there's something that sin does. It blows your idea of knowledge. Everything we have and can receive in God is only available through faith. So... I know that I am protected, right? For he who dwells in the place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. So I know he's my refuge and my rampart. Now, because I'm walking in faithfulness, it's easier for me to remind myself of these things and then lay hold on them. So it's the reason why my default response in a funny situation can be the word. Now, if I'm living out of that state, right? I'm not remembering God's word, to be honest. Right? It doesn't come to the top of mind for me. Even when I'm saying, the Lord is my refuge, my heart is shaking. The Lord is my refuge. And I'm singing songs and I'm trying to evoke the righteousness. It's like, I'm trying to make it sound more deep and more righteous because I think I have to earn it at that point. So sin has a very, very, very strong way of blurring our opinion, blurring our vision of who God says we are. And that, of course, is where everything starts. The knowledge of makes us richer. The knowledge without makes us poorer, right? So the more we know, better. The less we know, we're in trouble. So the sanctified believer, the sanctified person, rather, who is the believer, must live sanctified because when we live like sinners, first of all, we're insulting God, to be frank. To be frank, we're saying you died for nothing because... We died for nothing. And then we're not taking advantage of who we are in Christ. Right? And then, most importantly, we're inviting the enemy. So then we're making rooms. There's somewhere where Paul says, do not give the enemy a foothold. Right? So it means that it's possible for you to give the enemy a foothold by the things you do, by the things you say, by the places you go to, by the things you wear. There's no reason. Why you wear one yard material and you walk on the road? There's no reason. There's, there's, no, there's no reason. It's, I promise you, there's no reason. Maybe if you first start remembering that you're the temple of God. Boyakbe, you go and read. See, ah, if you know me, you know I'm much. If you know me, if you really do know me, ah, <laughs> they can tell you. I hate I hate it so much because why? Why are you almost naked? What's going on? No clothes in your house? If I had my way, ha, I'll buy a wrapper and shirts. The way I hate it because I can't comprehend it. Why are you almost naked? What's going on? Boys, girls, everybody alike. Why are you almost naked? What's going on? Because the reality about it is that you're God's temple. I hear funny things like they should close their eyes. Okay? Okay, but temple of God didn't do such. We do everything in love. So it means that I will not wear certain things because as a believer that understands love, I am accountable for myself and even the other believer. Like, I'm not going to lead somebody into sin because of freedom I have. It's bad behavior. It's bad behavior. Right? So when we do these things, it shows that we, are not, we don't know. It shows that we clearly don't. Like we don't know the life we're called to live. Right? Oh, I'm saved. <laughs> You're saved by grace, the redeemed body. What's that? <laughs> the redeemed body. What's that? <laughs> Sanctified body. What? We say these things and it's funny. But, bro, it's not funny. Ah, body. Wait. Why? But what does light and darkness have in common? What? As in, how? 
Is it as in how? You might as well just call yourself angel demon. Let's know what we are doing. Is it, what? Like why? Why? <laughs> it's ridiculous. We are saved, and we must. We must see. We must desire to live like people that are saved. We are all learning, no? No, no, no. We are all learning. The perfect standard is Jesus. I'm learning as much as you're learning. But we must. There's some things that we should not be doing. You're the believer that we have to tie wrapper around when you enter somewhere. Why? I said, why? Why? So no, you're the temple of God. You're the temple of God. You're the temple of God. So you act like it. You learn. You teach yourself. Remind you, put stickers in your house. I'm the temple of God. I dress like the temple of God. I will not... No, now. Redeemed body. What? <laughs> How? <laughs> How? Believer that Beyonce is your role model. How? Like how? How? No, it's not allowed. Oh, it looks like paper on this table. Okay, nice. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. Believer that Rihanna is their gospel at. It's not. What? You want to win her soul. So as you sing the song, she had Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in her spirit, man. Wow. <laughs> as you're singing her songs, she's, you know, being built up in her inner man. Is that what happens? As you sing her songs, Beyonce too, she's in the spirit. She's feeling redeemed. Nah, brah, nah. Proverbs talks about protecting your mind because everything flows from there. I tell you where, whether I like it or not, you may call me deep, but there are spirits behind everything you listen to. Do you realize how you're listening to this Didong guy, this um, Imago Day boy, and you try to go from mm, 200 in the spirits, right? And you just like, mm, Imago Day, Namiyo. Or you even listen to, you know, Namatiwai and those people, and you just go to, <laughs> and just, you know, yes, or Pastor Victoria, you just feel, sometimes not even the Jim Jim songs, but you just know that, ah, just is able to remind you of who you are in Christ. That's why you should listen to good songs. <laughs> now, you answer that that's not what you want to listen to. They want to listen to, I don't know what those people sing in the first place, but yes. You want to listen to, I don't know what they sing, but whatever they sing. Your first question is, which spirit is pouring this type of lyrics? I don't think they can sing anything because they're not even socialist singers. They're singing about do the world good, all those things. I, I don't think that's what they sing at least. So my question is, what are you singing? Then small thing, you start acting like your head is turning. <laughs> and you start laying hands on yourself, it can't work really. You already know okay because of what you're listening to. Right? So we must learn to yield our lives. Right? We must learn to yield the things we listen to. <laughs> PD says on this morning, I said before, that song, it was that stupid song. Um, any money where I get. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hate that song. <laughs> I hate it. Because if you live like that, ah, any money where you get. Uh, no, how did you say Jesus? <laughs> because if you live like that, how will you even. Do you understand that everything you have has come from God and you are God's steward here on earth? Do you realize that? That He has given us every single thing for a life of enjoyment but we are accountable to him. So if every money where you get, you they spend, that's a problem. It means you're not living right. So if that person becomes reckless with spending, it's not their fault. They've been prophesying into their life a long time ago. So how did we get here? We are sanctified people that must live sanctified. And it's in the little things. Remember your body is the temple of God. Right? We are all learning it too. Because I promise you, there is what social media says is fashion. And there's what we should be. So we are learning it. There's even how um, we should know already that conventional and popular doesn't make you right. So there's that. There's the fact that more popular is half yard material and one yard for your, as in one yard for your head to your two. Where one yard, half yard. <sighs> then you're not working, you don't have to be closing your legs. I'm like, why? I just dress yourself. <laughs> so, so we are learning these things, and I, and I know it's important. We know that we are learning. However, 
we have been called to live like this, to live sanctified. It's not just even things we wear and things we say to. There are some jokes that you should not be saying. Some jokes you should not be saying, right? So we must live. We didn't finish our sermon today. Maybe we'll do so next week. But we must live remembering that our life is to renew our minds, right? Our spirit has been saved. We know that if you, no matter how the redeemed body, redeemed body, whatever, right? Um, the cool, I don't even know what, what terms to use for guys. So it doesn't look so, it doesn't look like I'm gender based in these things. The boy, Sha, that do open chest everywhere on the road. That boy, too, who is saved is God's son. The redeemed body is God's daughter. Doesn't change it. Her spirit, his spirit saved. In fact, the enemy sees these people and trembles because you are, you are God's. You have God's last name. But, however, our minds have to be renewed. So we are saved in our spirit already, but our souls are being saved. And this is deliberate effort, studying the word. For we have given everything, right? And we have now received everything we need for a life of godliness through our knowledge in him, through our knowledge in him. So it means that we're studying the word Ephesians this week, because I was asking again on Sunday, Ephesians this week, praying that the eyes of our understanding are flooded with light, that we may know the hope to which we have been called. Something PD said during workers' meeting is that the more we pray the Ephesians prayer, I personally, he said something, if you listen to Pastor Keller taking a lot, you would, and I agree, I agree. If you read everything he talks, he always references you back. In fact, his reason why I actually love Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3, he referenced you back because there's no greater prayer you pray for your life, I promise. Try it upside down. There's no greater prayer that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened so you may know, so that you see, you hear, you perceive, and you know, right? So abundantly, because we're called to a life of knowing and everything we have is only received by how much we know, right? We will do better by knowing and because we are good students, it also means that we are deliberately learning to be teachable, right? So you take the word of God that has been taught to you, whether in sermons, right, or, you know, while you're studying the word, and as opposed to fighting against that word and saying, no, 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 that's not me, something, 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 yada, 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 and throwing tantrums at yourself, God, and everybody else, you take the word and think and meditate upon your life. Say, okay, how can I be better? Right? As opposed to having intellectual arguments about how it's okay to be saved and literally dress naked. It's okay to be saved and do everything everybody else is doing and listen to Beyonce morning to night. I will maybe mustard song, tongues to her song as well. I don't know how skilled you may be at that, but let's say you can do that brilliantly. Right? As opposed to raising arguments about that, as teachable students, we take the word of God, we put it in our hearts, and we say, this is God's word. I want to look like that, right? And because I want to look like that, bringing everything in obedience to his word. So we exalt his word over our life. Do we get? So it is God's word that teaches us. We don't teach God his word. Do we hear? It is God's, God that teaches us his word. We don't teach God the standard. If God said you are sanctified, you live that way, you do it. It's not we that tell him that, oh no, we are now in the 20th, 100th century. It's the God of yesterday, today, forever. You're not older than him. So typically, we are sanctified, all of us here, because we believe in Jesus. And that's his identity, and we've taken it on. However, or additionally, rather, because however means contrast. So additionally, we take on in acting in that way, right? We take on in acting that way. And it's not mind over matter. So don't stress yourself and start doing mantras. No, it's a thing that we get to do better from spending time with the one that has made us, right? It's a thing we get to do better by spending time with our manual, right? So spend time with our manual, so that and manual is the word of God and God, so we can then know how to live. So guys, I pray for us that our hearts, the eyes of our hearts are enlightened, flooded with light, 
that we are getting better, that we, that we simply rejoice in the joy of the Holy Ghost that transforms our lives, right? That changes us in character, right? That we are, we are people of honor. There are people of character. That people would say, because of the believers here, you can give a, you can, you can employ a believer because they always deliver. Ask my rhyme. Hey. <laughs> ah, I'm led by the spirit. I do rhyme in the spirit. What's Beyonce? She didn't do it. So, so yeah, right? Point is, point is that because of the type of believer that we are, because of who God is raising us to be kings, right? we'll be men of honor. We'll be men of unquestionable honor. So I thank you, Jesus, because hearts are renewed. Thank you, Jesus, because hope is restored to our hearts. Thank you because we are teachable. We receive your word and we allow we change our lives. Thank you, Jesus, because we are changed daily and daily. Thank you because we read the efficient. If they don't read the efficient one, let them see me in their dream and be an efficient one. Efficient, efficient, efficient. <laughs> I'm just joking. Thank you, Jesus, because the eyes of our hearts are enlightened. Thank you because your word is like honey to us. Thank you because your word is profitable to our hearts. And yes, because those who trust in you, you make their crooked paths straight. Thank you, Father, for your word. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Cheers to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.